Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is Alex McFarland, radio show host. He's an author. He's also a TV show host, and he's been a guest on many media outlets concerning critical issues of the day. And today we're going to be discussing what could happen with critical issues if they were to come up in the world, and how's that going to affect us? Well, welcome to Crosspoint today. Hey, I've got back with us Alex McFarland uh, from Alex McFarland Ministries. You hear him here on the station uh, each and every week. Uh, today here on Crosspoint, we're going to be talking about, well, maybe a couple of two or three different topics, but one of our main things is, folks, you remember the pandemic, who could forget it, and how that affected our lives, and, you know, that happened just before the last election, and then uh, we've got an election coming up next year, we've got things happening all over our world, and uh, it just kind of makes you wonder what else might be hanging out there that could try to affect our lives in such a way as COVID did and all the lockdowns and everything else. So, Alex, thanks for being with us today here on the broadcast. And kind of fill us in a little bit about that. What are you hearing? What are you seeing out there uh, that kind of go along these lines? Well, Mark, first of all, thank you. It's always an honor to speak with you. And uh, to be on Crosspoint is really a privilege. And I I appreciate the way that you all and and your staff, you, you give listeners what they need to hear, not just some, you know, standard uh, narrative off the newswire, but you really drill down deeply and you have different guests like Jan Markell, for for whom I have such respect. Uh, Jan and I just did a television show one week ago, and um, to be a part of your lineup and to converse with you today is really a privilege, and I, I just want to say thank you. Well, I'm glad that you're out there on the forefront fighting for us and kind of watching what goes on. I know you've went up and down in a lot of different areas. You work with youth and have watched that movement there as well. But, uh, you know, you're kind of taking a look at the culture, uh, you know, how it affects religion, which I'd rather always call it Christianity because religion is kind of a broad view. In our world anymore, it seems to be certain words are just not as, don't hold the value that they used to, I guess. Exactly. And let me say, as, as I'm sure most of your listeners know, our world today, the world we see around us, a world of violence, a world of economic instability, uh, very often a world of injustice, not in the sense that people on the left would use it. You know, people on the left call it an injustice when people don't get free cable television or free cell phones or free health care. I'm not talking about that uh, entitlement. But we live in a world of injustice where people commit crimes and they they aren't apprehended and don't serve sentences. And we're, we're living in a world where, like it says in Isaiah 5, you know, woe to those who call good evil and evil good. But, Mark, what I sincerely believe, uh, after, you know, really 30 years of youth ministry and working with young people, and then the last 20 years I've spent in uh, higher education teaching, not only teaching uh, at a number of American universities, being on faculty at a number of American universities, but interviewing literally hundreds of people, some Christian, some non-Christian, some 
on the left, some on the right. But, Mark, I believe our world today is the um, – we're at kind of a, a, a amalgam of five or six decades of some really bad philosophies. Now, we can use the term worldview, but we, we often talk about the biblical worldview. Uh, and your worldview basically answers three questions. Origin, purpose, destiny. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where are we headed? Well, of course, the, the Christian worldview says God created us. The purpose of life is to know Christ Jesus, the Savior, and to live according to his word. And as we acknowledge God and his revealed word, there is peace and blessing. And, of course, for 250 years, the United States of America, when we were a nation proud to acknowledge the God of the Bible, you know, we had prosperity, stability, unlike any other nation in history. But what's happened, Mark, is that we are about five or six decades into some worldviews. On the moral front, there's relativism that says there is no objective truth, we make up our own moral rules as we go. And then on the legal front, there there is really progressivism, that, you know, it's not what is right or wrong, and it's not what the Constitution says, but case law, in other words, the, the decision in today's courtroom is based on the most recent case decision previously. And in case law, Rather than natural law, we just make things up according to the, the spirit of the times we're in. But let me just say this on the, the personal level. We're in, I'm throwing out a lot of big words here, but an existential crisis. And you can call it wokeism, you can call it secular humanism, but basically, you know, people don't acknowledge what previously were thought to be undeniable truths, male and female. What could be more empirically undeniable than the fact that there are males and females? Now, we're living in a time, as everybody listening would know, that um, huh, we're told that men can get pregnant and have babies. That's ludicrous. It is. Now, why, why, is, why is all this important? Because there are people in this world that are glad you know, I think about the George Soroses of the world, and, and frankly, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and some of the tech overlords that are running the world right now, and financial billionaires in the shadows, there are people that are glad that America and the world is in chaos, because the more unstructured and the more chaotic cultures are, the more easily they can be controlled and manipulated. Um, one of the greatest, you know, it's easy to say, Mark, I don't, I don't think we can fully comprehend the magnitude of this. One of the greatest shams, manipulations, genocides of world history rolled out in 2020, and it, it's the global... Uh, phenomenon known as COVID, yeah. manufactured, controlled, 
it definitely played into the stealing of the 2020 uh, presidential election. But, you know, I, I don't mean to scare people and frighten people, but we're living in a time when the, the battle between dark versus light, evil versus good, it's more pronounced than ever. And now Israel is at war. This could easily, easily escalate into World War III. I would say spiritually, certainly financially, but spiritually even more so, people should have their house in order. The world of today is at a place that it's never been before. People need to be ready. Well, the big players behind this stuff, you mentioned Soros, but... This, and you talked about in reading some of your the, the stuff you put out on this, was the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, uh, they're going to stop at nothing pretty much short of wanting to control America unless, as you said, we stop this. Yes, exactly. There are a lot of things people talk about in a president and a Congress. The environment is important. The economy is important. Education is important. Let me tell you, we have got to have leaders that say, look, the United States will never be subservient to the United Nations, to NATO, the UN, uh, the World Health Organization. And, and let me say what's going on is, in the interest of uh, like a public calamity or, or a, a, a pandemic, you know, very often the rule of law and the Constitution is, suspended or subordinated because they'll say, well, this is an extenuating circumstance. Uh, You know, there's a global pandemic. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, This is an excuse to circumvent the constitutional protections that should keep us a sovereign nation. Let me explain. Um, All across the country right now, Mark, there are uh, what are called uh, United Nations World heritage sites. And in my home state of North Carolina, there are one and and maybe even several. And, you know, very often mayors and city council and local leaders, they'll say, oh my goodness, to make Thomas Jefferson's house, Monticello or Poplar Forest, uh, make it a world heritage site. That's great. You know, um, the Black Hills of South Dakota, a world heritage site. No, you don't want this. Because in the fine print, as a World Heritage Site, ostensibly it comes under protections, and, you know, um, it should be protected from terrorist attacks, like, you know, Palmyra several years ago was destroyed by Muslim terrorists. But when a site becomes a, a World Heritage Place, does it, that designation, along with it in the surrounding region, comes U.N. control. And little by little, whether it be farmland being sold to China or whether it be, uh, you know, some bogus um, heritage initiative of the U.N., it is all about global control. You know, as a foreign country, you can't go to China. Major American corporations or the the U.S. government, we can't go to China and buy land. Because they, they understand they, they're a sovereign nation. They want to protect that. America, sadly, will sell anything to anybody with the biggest checkbook. And what we've got to do while there's still time, if indeed there still is time, and only God knows, 
But we need to tell the world and, frankly, people within in this nation, some things are not for sale, like our soul. You know? I mean, um, listen, when corporations go woke and they support Pride Month in June and transgenderism, and they, they support Black Lives Matter, which is the thinly disguised veil for communism, we need to say no. Coca-Cola, we will not buy your products anymore. Target, we will not shop there anymore. Uh, and we need to send a message to corporations. Look, go woke and go broke. Bud Light, first of all, I don't drink beer anyway. You know, it would suit me fine if all the, the beer makers in the world closed up shop. But, um, you know, Anheuser-Busch should go bankrupt because in uh, promoting that, you know, girl man Dylan Mulvaney, in promoting transgenderism, they're undermining the very foundation on which the Constitution stands. Constitution only makes sense if we believe in morals. And transgenderism, besides being anti-reality, it's, it's anti-morals. And corporations that for the chasing of a dollar are supporting ungodliness and cultural anarchy, we, we should not spend our money there anymore. But we must elect officials who understand these things and want to protect and sustain our currently at-risk nation. Well, I agree completely with you. That You know, I thought it's amazing, Alex, that just when you mentioned some product like Bud Light and then, you know, Americans could raise up against that. I mean, basically not a lot of Christians involved in this idea and put a stop to it and basically break the company in that area. And yet the yeah. Christians won't all join together to stop some of this other stuff because they've become so comfortable in it. And it's kind of bad deal to me when I see a bunch of beer drinkers outdo the Christians in something like this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, several years ago, one writer, I I believe his name was David Neff from Christianity Today, back when Christianity Today was conservative, but he said, gone is the ability to think Christianly in common, even within one denomination. And you Satan has been masterful at getting people fragmented against each other. And, you know, in in the body of Christ, there's so many camps. And look, we need to stand together. And, and let me just say this, as a guy that's uh, pastored two churches in the last 35 years, I've pastored two churches, and I've spoken in more than 2,000. Literally, that's no exaggeration. I know the landscape of the Church, and I know the dynamics of pastoring. But I want to say we've got a lot, not all, but many pastors are just cowards. Case in point, it was my privilege in my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. I stood with hundreds of people down one of the major thoroughfares, and we were holding up the Israeli flag and Bible verses, like Psalm 122, verse 6 pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and he who keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, what a great opportunity this was. We, we had three or four hundred people. We're on a major thoroughfare, Friendly Avenue, just showing that, you know, America and Americans 
and Christians, we support Israel. Now, there were a lot of people, from a lot of Jewish people there from the local synagogue, praise God. There were a lot of Christians. To my knowledge, Mark, three, 300 to 400 people, I was the only pastor there. And I asked I, I, a lot of people from mega churches, big churches, that um, I, I recognize people, and people recognize me, and they, they were like, oh, you know, Alex McFarland, you're standing with Israel. That's so wonderful. A lot of these churches are the big flagship churches around here. Uh, I'm like, where's your pastor? And time and again, time and again, uh, people would say, they're like, well, our pastor, he, he said he's for us, but he just doesn't do public things like this. Where is the courage? If somebody is a senior pastor, they should be eager to stand with Israel. They should be eager to stand against abortion. They should be willing to publicly say homosexuality and transgenderism are sin. We stand for the Constitution. We stand that Jesus alone is the Savior. Islam is false. Hamas is terrorist. BLM is Marxist. See, Mark, here's my point. We are where we are because of roughly five decades of deafening silence from America's pulpits. Preachers should be preaching, but three unsaved, maybe one is saved, three cultural unsaved pundits are proclaiming what ministers of the gospel ought to be proclaiming. What's wrong? What's the solution? What's the pathway back? But we have an opportunity, but we must get engaged. I agree. Folks, stay with us. We're going to have more with Alex right after this. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. With me today, I have Alex McFarland. Now, Alex has his own ministry. Uh, Alex is a co-host of American Family Radio, which you hear, and then also the Alex McFarland Show. Uh, He's authored many books, uh, been commentator on many different news outlets. Uh, You do a lot of things. You're a busy guy, Alex. But tell people how they can find out more about your ministry, how to get in touch with you, how to kind of follow along with what you're doing, and uh, maybe even having you in their area. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, um, I suppose we do stay kind of busy, but I'm a, uh, you know, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about Christ and people being saved and America being restored. But my, um, my website is just my name, alexmcfarland.com, uh, alexmcfarland.com. 
And uh, I've got a brand new book out, 100 Bible Questions and Answers for Families. It's my 20th book. I give God the glory. Um, We do youth camps. In fact, we're just now working on six youth camps for next summer, middle school, high school. And the website for the camps is equipretreat.org, equipretreat.org. Then we, we start youth clubs called Viral Truth. And the website for the youth clubs, viraltruth.com. You know, like a video goes viral. So we want truth to go viral, viraltruth.com. I love to preach. I love to organize citywide crusades. We've got a, a number two of our major national conferences next year uh, that both will be in Texas. And then I'm on the road somewhere. So if you go to my um, website, alexmcfarland.com, uh, there's a tab on scheduling me. Um, I've done everything, Mark, from preaching and conferences and teaching to coming to universities, major universities, and debating atheists, debating Muslim activists. Um, it's all good. And uh, joyfully, graciously, hopefully uh, effectively, we will equip the, the believer and persuade the non-believer for God's glory. Now, you've been given uh, a lot of opportunity and favor by God to speak in a lot of different venues, places to different lot of people on a lot of variety of different stuff, subjects. Uh, kind of looking at what we've seen with the pandemic, churches shutting down. Uh, I don't believe any church should ever shut down. But again, right. this we're coming up here on another year, and it just makes me think that something's in the works. <laughs> Somebody's going to try something again. You keep hearing oh, all yeah. these strains of covid virus coming out and this new this and that and telling people these things and still pushing getting this or getting that and uh what are you hearing what are you seeing as you're going across america and talking to people about these things well yeah i i believe that got your calculatingly evil democrats like hillary clinton and nancy pelosi uh chuck schumer uh barack obama uh that are you know they're, they're, I call them evil opportunists. They have made, you know, small fortunes by, you know, hijacking uh, the political system and becoming career politicians. Uh, and then there are the Democrats that are just um, people that don't read. They they just mindlessly vote, and they're they're maybe they mean well. Maybe maybe they grew up and they think oh. Well, you know, the Democrat Party is the party of compassion, and the Republicans are just big business, greedy people. I mean, that that's a, a narrative that has been sold in the media so much. Um, when, you know, I know, I know a number of elected officials uh, filling Republican seats around the country, and many of them are hardworking people, many small business owners, many of whom are you know, living almost paycheck to paycheck, but they care about the country. But but really, um, you know, you look at um, Barack Obama, who is, you know, on, on a much more international scale. You look at even President Biden. I pray for President Biden because um, I respect the office, even if I don't necessarily appreciate the occupant. Uh, and Joe Biden, you know, he seems like just this goofball, let me tell you, he has learned how to sell influence. He has peddled his influence. We know that through 
his uh, laughable adjunct professorship at the University of Pennsylvania. Much Chinese money has been laundered through the University of Pennsylvania and has lined the Biden family pocket. You know, people think Bill and Hillary Clinton are evil, and, you know, the, there's always been talk of the Clinton crime syndicate. Uh, Joe Biden might just about put him to shame in terms of, you know, his family's you know, making millions off of their influence in Washington. But uh, here's the thing about this next election. Mark, I'll have Christians say to me, when I'll say we must get a constitutionalist conservative back in the Oval Office, Christians will say, oh, I thought Jesus was our Savior. I didn't know you were hanging all of your hopes and dreams on a on a person. Then I'll say, no, it's not either or, it's both and. And there's this mindset, I call it a false dichotomy. Either you're trusting Jesus or you're trusting a man. No, we completely trust the Lord. But um, it, it behooves us to have godly, principled people in office rather than, you know... Um, carpetbaggers on an international scale selling themselves for, you know, Russian or Chinese or Arabic uh, terrorist money. Now, the thing that does concern me, between now and the 24 election, there's, you know, the Democrats are really good at, at an October surprise. You know, some, and it used to be something, and now it looks <laughs> looks fairly innocuous. They would come out with some news story. Well, you know, President uh, George W. Bush, I I remember when Bush was running against Kerry back in 04, and they came out that Bush had a a drinking problem. And, you know, now it looks just laughable, um, a, a breaking news story like that, whereas now the October surprise might be a lockdown and forcing people to vote uh, you know, by Skype or Zoom or something like that, where and and we know with the Dominion voting machines. Look, I I live half the year in Colorado, and there's been you know incredibly well documented voting irregularities in Pennsylvania, in Minnesota, in Colorado, in Georgia, even in my home state of North Carolina. Will the October surprise be? Um, you know, uh, mail-in ballots or or cheating like that. Will it be a climate emergency? There's a rumor that there's going to be a climate emergency. What, part of the, the Marxist playbook is to disrupt the existing order, create disorder, introduce new order. And so it might be that, look, there's a health crisis. There's a climate crisis. The electrical grid is melting down. So here's this crisis that they'll say, well, we have to suspend operations. And I and I alone can help shepherd you through this crisis. So trust me. Don't trust the other guy. Now, And here, here's the word they'll use to demonize voices of reason. They'll say he's a science denier. He's a racist. You know, if you're against Marxism by Black Lives Matter, 
you're a racist. No. Black lives do matter. All human lives matter. The unborn matter. But we just don't want to use public and government money to subsidize anarchy and the imposition of socialism and the breakdown of the family. So the left is really good at demonizing persons with whom they disagree. So if you say, look, um, the COVID virus was engineered and was introduced through the Wuhan labs, and these vaccines aren't tested and people are dying, and whatever happened to my body, my choice, we don't want to um, be forced to take a vaccine that we have misgivings about. Well, you're a science denier. And then phobic. Um, you don't believe that males can be impregnated, then you're transphobic. You think that children should not be castrated. You think that prepubescent adolescent girls shouldn't be given mastectomies and transition. Uh, you're you're uh, transphobic. So hatred, denial, and fear are the pejorative labels that they want to demonize you. And I, I plead, whether you're a Christian or not, certainly if you're a Christian, stand for truth. But if you're just a freedom-loving citizen, don't be intimidated by being called racist, phobic, or a science denier. Because we know we're not racist, we don't hate anybody, and we're not afraid of anybody. God knows we're not afraid of a man that puts on a woman's dress. We just think he needs counsel. And then we're not a science denier. In fact, the true science is not about agenda and ideology, but true science is about reality, which is a place that Democrats uh, have divorced themselves from. Yeah. But, um, Mark, our country hangs in the balance, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Satan hates America because for two and a half centuries, the biggest engine driving Christ's great commission has been the USA. That's the truth, and that's that's why he doesn't like it. Well, we're going to pick up from that as we continue on here with Alex McFarland, so stay with us, folks. Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast, where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Author's Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster. Whatever you're facing, God cares. I've had a number of very overwhelming things in my life. Ultimately, I had to depend on God, and as a result, He helped me through it. 91.7 The Word. I can certainly trust Him. You're listening to Crosspoint. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Mark Taylor, your host, Alex McFarland, with me today. And Alex is from Alex McFarland Ministries, and there's a big umbrella there when I say that. Alex, how can people find out more about your ministries? Well, thanks so much. Yes, just uh, the the best entry port is uh, alexmcfarland.com. It's our main website, alexmcfarland.com. And then uh, just keep us in prayer. We've got a growing staff all around the country. We're doing events, publishing, broadcasting. Um, I give God the glory, but 
we're, we're to the point that several thousand people a month are coming to faith in Christ, and we're helping young people, people of all ages, but especially teens and college students, um, really stand for truth. And Mark, at our camps, last summer we had six youth camps. We had 1,200 kids in youth camps. 300 accepted Christ, and then all indicated that they would stand for America and truth. We've got tapes of kids shouting, we are the generation who will restore America. And I have to kind of chuckle because think about a lot of people on the left would probably not be happy to see kids having a blast, going to summer camp, swimming, rock climbing, and then hearing the Word of God, putting their faith in Christ, and then learning about this great nation, which is worth fighting for. And we said the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, and then kids, middle schoolers, um, saying, you know, I'm going to be a teacher, and I'm going to teach truth. I'm going to be an attorney, and I'm going to defend the Constitution. I'm going to be a business owner, and I'm going to, you know, contribute to a free market economy. And then kids passionately, like thirsty people on a hot day getting cool water, they, they shout, we are the generation that will restore America. Um, those on the left probably would not be happy with that. This is what we do. We're uh, evangelizing, we're equipping, and hopefully we're giving God the glory and being used to contribute to the restoration of our beloved nation. Well, we've got a lot to face in our beloved nation, and we've been talking about that today. We've mentioned the World Health Organization and what the possibilities there are, what we're facing. I noticed another article that you wrote here a while back. You had brought up the idea of AI, and that's another uh, issue on the table that we're having to take a look at. And, you know, Alex, when we had an event here just a while back, I asked a question in a Q&A of uh, someone that would know the heartbeat of what's going on in America. And I said, so basically everything that we're talking about here is basically a spiritual battle. That's what we're up against. So if that would be the case, it's going to take a spiritual, you know, battle to take care of this. And I said, it's going to have to come to the church. It is coming to the church. But I said, is the church prepared to take on this battle and win it? And they said no. And so what are we going to do to get the churches, you know, out of this place they've got and get them into the place they need to be? Great, great question. I'm saying this as a former president of a seminary. You need to hire senior pastors and staff that have not gone to traditional seminaries. I'm, I'm, I have to catch myself. I'm going cemeteries. You know, in traditional seminaries, it's really, you know, a course in how to be like the CEO of this business model called a church. And, you know, we need good business, and we, we do need good, you know, leaders, but we need prophetical voices. Uh, And I'm not talking about a prophet in the sense of telling the future. I'm talking about prophetic in the sense of uh, proclaiming God's Word and calling people to righteousness and and alerting, you know, part of the, the voice of the watchman on the wall in the book of Ezekiel was to alert the people of looming danger. And so what I'm finding as I travel the country, and there are some amazing churches that are doing what the church is to do, evangelizing the lost, 
discipling and maturing believers, but also keeping their congregation on the absolute pulse of what's going on in the world. And a lot of the guys that I see out there that are just kind of B-grade motivational speakers are the guys from the traditional seminaries that um, really, my, my goodness, you know, so many of the seminaries, that they don't teach um, apologetics and biblical worldview. They teach more about, you know, how to lead a business meeting than how to prophetically speak to the times through the lens of Scripture. And that's why, like, um, one of the schools where I teach that I really do believe in passionately is Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. Um, They are on the cutting edge, and they've got a model, of a three-year model, first, second, and third year, that I I firmly believe is the future of Christian higher education. Uh, And it's, you know, built on the Word of God, but, you know, uh, relevant to the times. But but l- let me let me change gears for a second, if I may. And, and here are things that most pastors really wouldn't even know about, but businesses increasingly have, like, DEI task force, diversity, equity, and inclusion. For instance, the Ivy League schools. You know, Harvard University has over 400 full-time employees that oversee diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is ludicrous. You know, the question is not, how diverse are we? The question should be, are we teaching what is truth and reality, right? So, there is a push on the personal level, what's called an ESG score. Just like you have a FICA score, your, you know, your financial, you know, credit score. They, they want more and more to impose on citizens uh, an ESG score. You know, equity, social justice, and, and gender. What do you believe about equity? Are you woke? Are you woke enough? Are you as woke as you need to be? Because think about this, folks. They, imagine AI that control the entire Internet in a matter of seconds. You know, they're estimating that 125 terabyte, you know, every few hours, the Internet is increasing by that. It's just a mind-boggling amount of, you know, information. So imagine AI control that in a matter of seconds. Then they'll say, oh, Mark, my goodness, I see we're back in 2018. You tweeted something that was just, you know, unacceptable. Um Certainly, you want to retract that. Certainly, uh, you know, you have to grovel and make amends and tweet this, and here's this statement, and it won't fully eradicate your negative score. Then you say, well, who cares what the tech overlords think? Well, imagine if um, it comes down to this. Hey, winter's coming on. December, January, it's going to be really cold. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Be a shame if your heat went out. Now, you want to... Tell me again what you think about transgenderism. Good. Good boy. Now, I mean, so wh- what's crazy is we've got these ideologies like transgenderism. That we know this is not ontological reality. This is, this is an ideology. But 
what, what is so insidious, the um, basically globalists want all of this to come under the issue of health, that people that are anti-trans is a health crisis. And, and we know this is, this is ludicrous. You know, kids getting the measles, that's a health crisis. But, you know, 100 million American adult born-again Christians who say, no, God made men and women, that's not only Genesis 127, that's just 6,000 years of human reality. Well, as global engines, entities, the, the very same, you know, Silicon Valley liberals that gave us the Internet and China, international interests, wh- whether it be climate, electric vehicles, standing against Israel, opening the southern border, legalizing drugs, breaking down the family, making a socialist redistribution of wealth, economy, forced vaccinations. I mean, you know, name the issue. All of the people that want to coalesce the world into this position, they have the potential to assign scores that would determine whether or not you can buy, sell, feed your family, go about your business. Now, two things, and I know this is rather lengthy, but here's what I'm saying is that when people don't have the true God, they will pursue a God of their own making. The true God is the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. When you don't have the Lord Jesus, God's Word, when you don't have truth, you'll build your own Tower of Babel, your own obelisk, your own idol. And that's what the globalists are doing. They don't have the city of God, so they're trying to build the city of man. But the other thing is this, but let me just say this, that we're living in a time where the tribulation scenarios of Revelation 4 through 20 are, are upon us. And there was a time not so long ago that people would have scoffed at the idea of the, the whole world being made to do something. You know, I don't know, Mark, but your DEI and ESG scores, that could be the mark of the beast. So here's what I would ask people. What are you going to do when it comes down to either deny Jesus or you can't buy food for your family? Either deny Jesus or you'll be denied employment. And I used to say, you know, either, you know, deny God or you can't put gas in your car. But, you know, just now that we've perfected the internal combustion engine and, you know, petroleum supplies are unlimited and they're safe and clean, of course, now the globalists want to impose what is costly, huge carbon footprint, poisoning the environment, uh, electric cars, you know, Take the DEI test, or you won't be able to charge your bogus, poorly made, hideously ugly electric vehicle. You know? Hey, by the way, I've got to tell you something. 20 miles from where I stand, Toyota's building uh, a, a battery plant. 
to make lithium-ion batteries and other battery technology for electric vehicles. The building is not even open yet, and they've spent $2.1 billion, and they've said they'll spend another billion. So think about this. The Democrats are pushing electric vehicles under the guise of clean energy. And Toyota has already said, they said to the, the state of North Carolina, hey, we know we're going to poison the groundwater, so just tell us up front and we'll pay whatever it is because we're going to have some uh, accidents. And they, they've bought, you know, a 1,000 acres out in American farmland here, and it's called the mega site. And they've already said some of our chemicals will get into the water table. So whatever environmental penalty you're going to assess, just let us help you out. We estimate we're going to have this many chemical accidents that will make it into the water table. So here's X amount of millions for the environmental penalty. So here's the thing. Whenever a, a greenie says, you know, don't you care about the environment, get an electric car, that's a joke. Electric cars, well, people are finding out, just Google about the Ford F-150 EV or the Rivians. Um, but this is not about the environment. Electric vehicles that are compu- you know, self-driving, they can shut them down, they can remotely control them. This is about taking away freedom and controlling the comings and goings of people. Believe it or not, the electric vehicle push is about controlling worldview and human destiny. It has nothing to do with the environment because EVs are worse for the environment. Well, you're a wealth of information, Alex, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Now, before we wrap it up here, tell people again how they can get a hold of your ministry. Well, thanks. I'm just a chicken farmer from rural North Carolina, but I do love Jesus. We, we have a peanut butter company, but I'm an evangelist. My website is alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com, and our summer camp's coming up, equipretreat.org. By the way, I will be at the Billy Graham Center in western North Carolina, uh, July 12th through 14th. I'll be teaching First John, the believer's identity and authority in Christ. And the website of that is thecove, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org. And I'd love to see people at the Billy Graham Center next July. But in the meantime, please keep uh, I and our staff in prayer as we're doing what we can do to call people to Christ. Well, thank you so much for being with us today here on Crosspoint. Mark, you're wonderful. I appreciate K-N-E-O, Crosspoint, and, and you, my dear brother. Thank you for your time. Folks, quite an interesting discussion. There's a man with a lot of information, very involved in what's going on in our world from a lot of different aspects. He centered everything around what God's Word says, the book I hold in my hand right now here, and it's the Bible. All of us need to know it. We need to be following this book because it contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Words are not outdated. These are the words of God, and they help us each and every day. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done and make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. 
Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.